to go oh, up at boy. Weber, Weber State College back then. But Weber State College. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Then we made it to university. So. What uh, What did you run? Uh, I ran two, four long jump relays. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that's awesome. Not fast enough for the hundred, but fast enough to die in the quarter. So. Yeah. <laughs> Worst no eight hundred. No. no, I would have left. I would have. I wouldn't have gone. I've heard that's there. like the worst. I've heard that's like one of the worst. Yeah, four hundred is pretty bad because it's pretty much a sprint. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Dude, eight hundred would. would yeah. Kill me. No, thank you. Okay. We good? We're, We're good. good. All right. Welcome to Pods and Pies. Today's episode brought to you by Little Caesars Pizza. We do a pizza every time. And, and we're waiting for we're one of wait. these little pizza places just we're to just waiting. We're going to give you free pizza since you mentioned our name, but no, they don't. Not do that. yet. Not, no, yet. Not, not yet. We're not popular enough yet. No, we're not. So we have a half veggie. Nice. So are you vegetarian? No, but I just am trying to, you know, behave myself. So okay, so. The vegetable scene helps. We'll get a few vegetables on our fat-free pizza here. Yeah. 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 That's right. Fat-free, calorie-free, everything free. Yeah, yeah. Little Caesars exactly. is fat-free, calorie-free. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You don't have to. You don't have to work out extra when you have a whole pizza, which nice. I've done before. There you go. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's a lot. So we have Connie Washington on today, which that's a badass name. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, a badass name. that's a cool name. That's a cool yeah. name. So progressive leasing. Um, tell us about yourself. Where you grew up. Sure. And by that. the way, the pizza is meant to, as much as you can, take a bite. I know you're going to be there. talking the whole time. Yeah. Got it. Um, but you that's know, the purpose. We, we kind of nibble and munch, you know, and actually one, I think, podcast, I ate, I ate a whole pizza and didn't realize it, and I had, like, crust just piled up. Till after the but fact. But anyway, you know, just it's kind of the point to you got it. kind of do your best and take some bites here and there, but no pressure. Sounds good. Yeah, um, I am a born and bred Utah. Uh, grew up down on the west side, so uh, went to West High uh, back in the day, and... Yeah, Utah's home. I've left a time or two, but it always I always end up coming back because this is this is my comfort zone. This is where I enjoy being. You know. Yeah. So. And where, your where else? Still here? Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Your yeah. You got a lot of family. Still yeah, here. we still have a lot of family here. I have uh, four adult children, and interestingly, three of them have taken off to California. They wanted to explore the the rest of the world. Uh, we raised them in, in Philadelphia area. We, that's where we lived for about eight years. So they kind of grew up there, and then we decided to head back here in 2004, and they came along. Two had just, I have twins, and they had just graduated high school, and the other two were in middle school. So a little bit of a culture shock coming from back east, uh, back to Utah. I bet. But but yeah, it was was good. And then they, um, a couple of them went to college. Two of them decided they wanted to do the work thing, and then a, a son and a daughter went up to the U. Um, son played football for a couple of years. No way, before, yeah. uh, Awesome. His shoulders uh, fell apart on him. Didn't realize that he had some shoulder issues till yeah. uh, one yeah. thing when you're hitting folks in high school, another thing when you're hitting folks in college. Yeah, that level. It steps what up. years was he, was he playing? He was there 2004 to 2009, but only played oh, for okay. a couple of years before okay. he decided yeah. he needed to hang up his cleats and do something else. But they both got their degrees. Uh, my daughter's a mental health therapist in California in high school. Awesome. And he, my son actually owns a clothing business that he just launched. Oh, so wow. The, What's it called? Let's give it a shout out. Sugar Hill, L.A. So Sugar, Sugar Hill, Hill yeah. L.A. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Do you, what's the, what is it, any meaning to that name, no. Sugar Hill, no, L.A.? No, it's just his, his thing. Just so, his thing? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then um, one other son took off there about two years ago, and 
He works for a self-driving car company, and then another one is here. He does. He's a stockbroker here, so okay. he's the one that gave oh, wow. me the three grandkids. So thankfully, they're here. Yeah. So you so have you three grandkids, <laughs> only from the son. One, yeah. one son. Okay. Yeah. So one here, three yeah. grandkids here, three other kids. Yep. And they're all in California. Yep. The other okay. three are. And are they close to? Are they close to each other? Oh, Newport and uh and uh or, yeah, they're all in Orange County, Newport and Huntington. Okay. So well, actually, my daughter's just moving to LA, so they I can't keep up with them. Yeah. And, uh, and then is. I've been married 36 years, so I've got a hubby that oh we're still. My. So he and I are holding down the fort as uh, yeah. empty nesters here. And okay. where is he from? He is was born in England, actually. His dad oh was Air Force and his mom's British. So um, he they came here in the um, late 70s and retired here. And then he and I met in college up in Weber State. And so that's that's. Cool. that's a little, little are, bit of that world. Yeah. 30, yeah. how many? Yeah, 30, 36 years. Yeah. yeah Congratulations. 30, it'll be 37 in September. Holy so we, uh, we were babies when we got married. We were making a comment before <laughs> the podcast that she didn't look a day over 37. Yeah. So that, that blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would have never guessed that you have four grown children, three grandkids. Yeah. Life, uh, exciting life. Fun. You know, it's a... Uh, you mentioned the Peloton. It's the Peloton. It's the Peloton. I got the Peloton about Keeps you a young. year and a half ago, and I'm a little bit addicted. Um, so oh, that's awesome. I ride that thing just about every day um, and love it. Love, love, love it. I'm, a, I'm an athlete at heart from running in high school and college. Um, so my competitive nature, it's a great thing for oh, yeah. to compete. And you can get on that leaderboard and kill yourself chasing other people and yeah so when you hop on do you just is it pre-recorded sometimes is it pre-recorded or can, can you go like live both. classes so you can, you do, can do both you okay. can do on demand or live um, yeah so are you live with other people so you can uh -huh. Uh -huh. do you and see them I, you can I, okay. I, I have a bunch of people i follow about 700 people that um i follow them they follow me so i can hit their name click on their little icon and there the camera will show up but people oh, that's cool they don't they, really love that their because, because you're kind of like not at your best yeah, self you might wake up at like five yeah, and you got the sleepies and you're sweating and, like a yeah when you work out nut. from home you don't you don't yeah. have to get ready at all ah, no right? yeah. just throw on the clothes head down to the basement get the water and jump on the back love it yeah um so does your husband work he does he is the uh executive director of the health program at the utah state prison so okay right around the corner here yeah awesome yeah, so yeah, both of us still doing the, you know, getting up every day and hitting the grind, but yeah. it's a good grind. So yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't say that, can't absolutely. complain. And I Very imagine thankful. he doesn't work from home. No, occasionally, but occasionally. Yeah. yeah with so. the COVID. Yeah. That's got to be an interesting, um, probably discussions they had, try to figure yeah. out how to handle yeah. the prison. Every, it's, it's fascinating because every organization has to navigate <clears throat> this differently based on what they do and how they do it, you know, yeah. so schools and, you know, my daughter being a, a counselor in a high school, oh, they, yeah. they've already made the call, I think, that they'll be working from home and, you know, the kids will be at home, I think, in California, so yeah. navigating that. So it's just a completely different world, kind of bizarre, but what do you do? Yeah. It is our new normal. You pivot. It is our new normal. Pivot and make it work, right? You do, exactly. So where else? So born in Utah, you were said Philly for a little mm -hmm. bit. Where else have you? Anywhere else that you've lived? Yeah, when uh, okay, right what part? College, uh, Lawton, Fort Sill. Lawton. Not a lot happening where, in Oklahoma. Where was that close to? Which? It was an army base. My husband in college, he went into ROTC, so okay. he got commissioned, and you know, join the army and see the world. 
So we were like, okay, we want to go to Arizona, <laughs> go to Oklahoma. California, uh, or somewhere else. And they were like, okay, you can go to Oklahoma. You go to. And we're like, okay, okay. One active duty tour, and we're going back home. We're we did the National Guard, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Any, and that's close to any what big city or any? About an hour and a half from Oklahoma City. Okay. So yeah, not okay. a whole lot happening in Oklahoma these yeah, days. Yeah, I have. Back then. I have family in Noble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've been out this kind of like you get out there and you're like. Okay, there's no mountains. And well, they're like, well, there's a mountain. And yeah. it's like, well, that's, a no, that's, that's, that's a hill. Yeah. That's a hill. That's a hill. That's a dirt that's a hill. Bump. Yeah, if you can yeah. walk up it in 30 minutes, that's a hill. But yeah. okay, call it what you need to call it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. So let's talk um, your career path. Yeah. Where yeah. did you start out after college? Like, how did you get into HR? Good question. Walk us through that. Wasn't but first, oh. take a bite of pizza. I feel like you haven't had a bite yet. It's yeah, just sitting yeah. there. Danny and I it's lunchtime. We can talk for hours. Need some sustenance. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> career path. So I got into H, uh, HR accidentally. Um, I was home with my children for the first six years or so, and then when they all went to school, I decided to see what was happening out there. And I majored in um, fashion merchandising initially when I went to college back in the day because that sounded so fun and I was on track scholarship and I really wanted to do physical education but I thought that's what all the jocks do so I'm going to do fashion merchandising instead so I got that got my associate's degree and then we because I left college a year early because my husband uh, his army career started so had some kids and then decided okay let's see what we can do so I saw an ad in the newspaper for a, um, a local uh, Catholic college in Phil downtown Philadelphia Chestnut Hill College and they needed a payroll uh, administrator. So um, I interviewed with zero background in payroll or anything. I'm like, I know people get paid. I think that's what payroll does. Right. <laughs> but the leader that I interviewed with um, was very, she was the controller and she said, and I talked to her about organizational skills and I said, I think, that, I think that's what I can bring because I'm pretty organized. And she was like, I'm so disorganized. I need that. You know, let, you're hired. So hired on the spot. Um, Boom. We day need later. You. Day later. Okay. Um, so I first day we were doing our very first payroll and I had zero idea with a brand new vendor they had just started working with ADP just had no idea what I was doing but organized things pretty well um, and then because they didn't have HR um, payroll and HR are often a pretty good fit so they said do you want to learn HR and I thought well sure that'd be fun and so I started attending some consortiums and getting some familiarity with HR. And it was a little intimidating when you have no experience and you're hearing all these legal terms and lawsuits and this and that. Um, but I uh, worked for them for about a year and a half and then I actually went to work for ADP. Um, oh, they were, really? okay. yeah, yeah, they were a client. So I was in their customer service uh, world. Um, so that gave me some really good exposure to the depths of payroll. Um, and then um, that was in 2001 or 2000, excuse me, two, uh, yeah, 2001, right after, right around the time of 9-11. Um, I was working for ADP, and then they had to, as a result of that, I mean, they did phenomenal things during that time. It was really interesting to see a company in crisis and how they responded. And, you know, we're, we were customer service. We're on the phones doing our thing. We hear about planes crashing into buildings. And I was in Philadelphia, so just an hour and a half from wow, New York. Yeah. Started hearing what was happening, and... You know, they had to make decisions at that time. Are they going to fund payrolls of companies that might have just disappeared? Um, but they did some really, I mean, they did what they, they needed to do to make sure that those people were taken care of. Um, so it was great learning to work for them. And then a, a client, a company 
that was an ADP client uh, recruited me and I went to work for them. It was a long-term care um, organization uh, in Philadelphia area. So uh, went to there doing payroll and HR again and uh, worked for them for about three years. Um, got my certification and you know really got into, I mean, yeah, knew that, that HR point, was what I'm, I'm that's anyway. my thing. Yeah. And then we moved back here, um, decided it time to come back here. <clears throat> and then what year did you kind of move back here? 2004. So yeah, brought the fam. Uh, we landed in Layton because that was in between where my pa my husband's parents lived and my dad lived at the time. So landed in Layton. Kids went up to Northridge and the others started figuring out careers. And I worked for a couple of, couple of different companies, a manufacturing uh, company. Um, it was called DFG, but they are actually they they manufactured for Smith and Scott uh, Skiwear. Oh okay. So okay. I worked for them for a few years. Uh, which is fascinating. I mean, manufacturing is fascinating anyway, but to work for a company, it was interesting because the way they were set up, on one side of the warehouse, they manufactured Smith on when they did Scott, and then eventually Smith decided to take their own, do their own thing, so I went to work for them for a couple of years, which okay. was really, really cool to work for such a fun company that was doing so many neat things. Like they're, Smith they're Optics, like... Smith Optics. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because they opened up down in um, Freeport Center. They built they okay. built a manufacturing facility there. And Scott moved out to the to uh, the business depot in Ogden. And Smith was there in um, Clearfield. Yeah. And so that was that was neat because that was a field I wasn't familiar with. And that's what's so cool about HR. You can get, you can learn so much. Oh, I mean, yeah. I did healthcare, so dealt with individuals that were on ventilators and working for a Catholic college downtown, you know, Philadelphia. So that was a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. You know, then manufacturing, watching them make goggles and make helmets and seeing how that process works. And, you know, and then um, after I worked for them, oh, I went work for a, a mattress company, but that was in 2007 as the um, economy was doing having some difficulties to work for them before he, about a year a little bit of difficulty right <laughs> and that and that company I mean I was only there for a year and they tried to survive but they just couldn't but it was fascinating and I, I really learned about the employee experience because I had gone to Hawaii on a 25 year anniversary trip with my husband yeah. and his family so I took the payroll with me because I'm a dedicated person I'm like I'm gonna do payroll I'll, you know they're like oh you know you're leaving I said I'll take it with me I can pop on so I'm getting ready to do the payroll. My boss calls me. She's like, so you don't have to bother. You don't have to do the payroll. I'm like, cool. You know, somebody else doing it. She's like, no, we're out of business. <laughs> no, okay, she said, we, we closed again? down. It was Spring Air at the time. Spring, yeah. Spring Air? Spring Air Mattress Company. Okay, yeah. So she says, you know, we closed the doors. We closed. And, and so they used to close the, the factory now and then if they didn't have enough beds to make. So I was like, I can still do it. She's like, no, the, we're closed. <laughs> the doors are locked. We're out of business. And um, I supported four plants. And, yeah. and I had wondered, because people were calling me, and I'm in Hawaii, different time zone, and people had been calling me, asking me, you know, messages would break up, but one was like, I need them to hop my 401k, and they had already, I didn't realize they had gone to the building, the sign was on the door. Didn't tell me, you know, because <laughs> I'm only HR, so why should HR know the And does that also mean that your job was no longer? Yes, because she said, and, and by the way, by you the don't way. get your vacation pay. So go have a mic yeah, on the beach, and I was like, enjoy the rest of your time away. And it was day one of a ten-day vacation, so I was like, well, a, a mai tai would cost money, so I might bypass that. But okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? I can't hop in the car and go yeah. job hunting because right. I'm in Hawaii. And yeah. so I learned that you know these things happen, but it's not the end of the world. Your life isn't over. You know, I hopped on and filed for unemployment because I could do that while I was there. Yeah. 
and did the best to enjoy my vacation knowing I'm coming back to extended vacation. Right. Um, but I learned what an impact that has on people. So you, what they go through, you know, often HRs, we're, we're doing it to people, yeah. but having it done to you is, yes. you know, it really, really was insightful and good for me to experience so that I understand in the event I have to do that, have had to, yeah. to know what that feels like and know how to support those people the best, the best you can and to communicate to them that life isn't over and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. It just may take some time. So, so yeah, I did that, was off for a little while and then um, went to work for... Uh, gosh, what year are we in? I don't even know. Um, 08? 09? Oh, I went to work for ADP again. Okay. Um, doing, uh, as a consultant for their HR product. I started in sales because I said, I was good friends with one of their sales guys and I told him, I said, hey, I'm looking. He's like, we've got a sales position. I was like, I could totally do sales. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, how hard <laughs> could that be? And yeah, I, I did it about a year and realized that sales is not my cup of tea. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not hungry enough. I mean, I'm hungry, but I'm like, they told me not to call them again. They're like, we'll call them. I'm like, but they said, don't yeah, call them again. Yeah, but they said no. I'm going to bug them. <laughs> right? So I did that for about a year, and then I did HR consulting for them uh, for another year or so. Okay. And then yeah. landed, a, landed at a company called Alliance Health. Alliance Health. Yeah. Ooh. And I was there for about a year where helping were, them get purchased. And where then were they, they out of? Where was where They were, were downtown when I worked for them and then they were purchased by somebody else and they moved to South Jordan and then, and then they, they closed. Closed. We did they were a client of ours when yep. they had to restructure and then end up closing. closing. Yeah. And that was an interesting gig just experience I'll I'll deviate a little bit but they um you know just having you know we're, we're owed money but um yeah. and then they paid us like the week before kind of they did some some things. internal things and then they came after us for the money that they paid us already you know yeah and they still owed us a little bit of money but it was that was a good business experience to realize yeah. how oh, that wow works. i guess yeah bankruptcy and some other things yeah. they can come they can come get that yeah i mean they had totally legal right to come yeah. take the money they already paid just to you know yeah. score things away and it wasn't a bad thing for yeah. us but Alliance Health. They were actually a good client. Yeah. I remember they, they had some churn. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. worked for them, and then I went to work for Helix Education. They're downtown in their Salt Lake. Yep. And uh, worked for them for about three years. Um, great, great company. We, uh, I started there in, I uh, can't remember what month it was, but about a week and a half after I got there, my boss calls me, and he's like, so we're going to be uh, – doing an acquisition so we're going to increase by about 250 and i was like i, I don't even know what we do here like I, <laughs> so that was great learning to come in and kind of learn with the organization figure out the hr so we could onboard 250 <clears throat> folks from an acquisition in yeah. you know about five six weeks after starting so uh worked for them and it was a great experience got to travel around and you know higher education it's just cool to get to see the impact on people's lives and really what that does um you know the 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 effect and the trickle effect of of the the work that they do so um worked for them for about three years and then landed at progressive leasing and that's where i'm at now and we're plugging along yeah, yeah and how now how many years have you been a progressive three a little over three a little over yeah. three been heading out to draper about every day for three years three years <laughs> good company and now here we are in covid land and yeah. 
racial injustice and everything else that you could earthquakes you know throw that on there just (laughs) whatever the earthquake was a crazy sprinkle that on top of everything just didn't seem like that could be happening after while we're having a pandemic my theory was the you know there was people drive and they move and they're active and outside and all of a sudden everybody's inside no one's on the roads and the and mother earth said what the hell is going on up there? And it's like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. I need to shake something. Something, yeah. something needs to happen. And that is exactly why we had the earthquake. It was, just, it didn't. The vibration of the earth. It's it, all science. Okay, we need to need to wake you guys up and get back out here. It that was, was, it was crazy. It was the most bizarre. I remember running up the stairs. I was on my bike and I'm riding it. And at, at a certain point, I thought, I'm not riding that hard. Why is the bike shaking? And then I'm like, uh oh, the picture's shaking too. <laughs> uh oh. And I remember running up the stairs, thinking, we can't have an earthquake. We have a pandemic. Like yeah. you can't have two bad things you at have, once. You can't have two. And yeah, and so <clears throat> that, I think that was three days into <clears throat> us being working from home. Uh, so. Yeah. That was bizarre, but you know, it's our life, and what do you do? You I know? know. And I remember, like the pandemic. You know, obviously people were at the grocery store buying up stuff and kind of running. There was a run on certain supplies, but when the earthquake hit, I even when the pandemic kind of started, the gas sta- there were lines yeah. at the gas station down the street, yeah. almost around the corner, only from the earthquake, which was interesting. So is it kind of how certain things trigger yeah. behaviors. different behaviors? It was yeah. I, yeah, I didn't have so, a good food supply, and I, went to, I tried to go to the store that day, and everything was gone. I was like, gone. I might be in trouble because <laughs> I didn't anticipate an earthquake. So what do you do? It was, it was crazy. The shelves just being out of stock gone. and just everything not seen like that. No, no, ever. No. And you can't anywhere you went. You could go to different <clears throat> stores, and it was nowhere. And like, you, and you don't want to like lump yourself into the. The hysteria a little bit, but you then have you to, start but to. you have to kind of take it serious. Like, honey, yeah. maybe we go get a huge bag of rice because yeah. uh, maybe we gotta eat rice and yeah. beans. I mean, I'm just gonna go on Amazon Prime and uh oh, nothing oh, is yeah. there. Nothing <laughs> is, nothing They're is out. There. Yeah. yeah, everything's gone. Yeah. So, oh, but boy. you know, we're we're navigating it, aren't we? We have yeah. to. We don't have a choice. Yeah, we're yep. coming. I mean, we'll, we'll we will survive. Yes, we will. We will be stronger. Yes, we will. We will more adaptable. Things will be different, but. But in you know in a certain certain time, I mean things will feel completely normal yeah. again, right? It'll be the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. So what does progressive progressive leasing do? We um, we provide uh, credit assistance for people that have difficulty with their credit. So we partner with different retailers throughout the country to help people that sometimes have a are in a difficult position and may need some support um, in getting certain items that they need. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so who who do you guys work with? What retailers? Uh, we work with Best Buy, Big Lots, okay. Lowe's. So, yeah. Okay, so call like if you get a little Best Buy type of credit card or is it different it, finance? No, a different, yeah, different option. So if you oh, go okay. into Best Buy to buy something, we might have an option for you that they'll introduce and say, well, if this doesn't work, maybe this will, and then they'll work oh, for okay. it. okay, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So tell us um, your specific role yeah, at Progressive. I, I'm a senior director of HR. I um, work... Um, under the VP of HR, so we've got about probably 20-something people uh, in our HR department total really? with okay. recruiters and everything. And awesome. I uh, oversee uh, benefits and employee relations and uh, compliance and uh, support our, our you know folks in a lot of employee relations issues and just typical HR stuff. Yeah, okay. Just trying to make sure folks feel like they're taken care of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then how many employees, how many employees total? 
about 1,600 or 1600. so. 1,600. And most of them, oh, so nationwide. nationwide. Yeah, most here, but most yeah, nationwide. Mm -hmm. What other states oh, are you guys over, in? Yeah, You're just all, all over. over. Is it like kind of independent? Uh, no, we've got another uh, call center in uh, Arizona. Um, oh, okay. And then our corporate office and a call center here, and then uh, different people, remote folks all over. So, yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys are just in That's Draper there. Crew. That's yeah. a big crew, 20, yeah. 20 yeah. people. Yeah. You don't have that whole building, do you, that you guys yes. are in? The whole building's yours. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that's a massive. So yeah, now we're shifting to this work from home, and yeah, it's been don't a need a whole building anymore. No, <clears throat> I know it's interesting. So I know same thing here. I mean, geez, yeah. when this all happened, it was we kind of we were humming along. It was just good, you know, just great energy, and all of a sudden, Shift. about half of us come in now, and yeah. it's still kind of sporadic, and like oh, we just we just built the building and all this, and now no one you know no one can enjoy it, but it's yeah. You know, yeah, and who knows what 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 and when things will go back to some semblance of normal. I mean, yeah. we don't, we just don't know. So we just play it by ear and do the best we can to support folks. And I think all HR people are having the same experience of figuring out what to do with all of the dynamics that we've been confronted with in the last six months. You know, to uh, keep work, keep the business moving, and you yeah. know, HR is a big part of that. We uh, yeah. we're big players in that arena of navigating these people issues that yeah. that uh, come up. Is it safe to say that HR is kind of behind creating a culture? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. what during all this, everybody's at home, what are you guys doing to keep the culture that you did have when everybody was in office? Like how are you guys yeah. keeping that culture alive to yeah. keep Just, employees engaged and happy? And it really, it really, really relies, we rely more on the managers, the direct leaders to do that more because we don't get those opportunities to gather and to have those face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, interactions like we used to have. So really a lot of it falls on their manager and, and them staying engaged. And, you know, like with my team, we do a, a daily stand-up, 15 minutes just to see each other's face and I'll ask periodically do we do we still need this and they're like yes please don't <laughs> not because I wonder I don't want to waste their time it's, they're already busy but they just like to connect with each other every day to see the team that they used to sit by and yeah. stop eat, go to lunch with and go to breaks with and do all those things with that they don't do anymore so we're just fig trying to figure out ways to help keep people connected um, during this time where we're all separate yeah What's, uh, what do you miss most? Uh, just being with our people in the drive-bys. And the drive-bys, you know, you stop by somebody's office, have a quick, you know, now it's, a, it's intentional on a Zoom. You know, you have to be intentional yes. and create a meeting, and it's not that same experience. And we just are doing, everything's taking a little bit longer to do, and it, it's just a different dynamic. But we just have to make sure that our people know that, that they still matter and you know that they're important and what can we do to support them in any way shape or form possible yeah have What's, you um, can i ask a question danny is that okay uh no is that uh, for me yeah go ahead no i just want you know <laughs> with all like, the wow, hr be serious <laughs> with all the you know with everything that you deal with you know when um i'm just kind of curious what what is one of the biggest challenges that you face, in, not in terms of the, the landscape that we're dealing with COVID, but in, in a normal company setting, you know, just, I don't know, I'm just kind of curious, what, what do you think would be one of the biggest challenges as, an, as your position or just in HR in general that you guys just face on a regular basis? I don't know if we, I think it's just making sure that from an HR perspective that 
our people at whatever level they are in the organization feel supported and know know they matter to the organization and, and what that means to them. It, you know, what matters to me may not matter to you and what matters to you may not matter to you. So understanding what matters to the masses and endeavoring to meet those needs, whether it's security with their benefits, whether it's, uh, you know, support with an EAP program because they're having a challenge. You know, the workplace issues that people are dealing with show up at work. So we've got to be prepared to help people navigate things that they're dealing with. Because people, you don't get to check things at the door and then you walk into work yeah. and then you pick it back up. Things that people are going through show up at work and we need to help them navigate them because it's, you know, it's, it can affect things. So what can we do to proactively, um, and sometimes reactively, support people so they can keep doing what they were hired <clears throat> to do? Yeah, and do you notice if, if you don't have your finger on that pulse or really help in that regard, does that also contribute to turnover? I mean, people it are like, can. yeah, you know I mean? Geez, I don't feel like they even care or whatever they might it, say. Yeah, it can, it can. It, it would help, it would help, well, it helps with performance or yeah. if you're not doing that, then yeah. the performance probably isn't yeah. great, but yeah. performance and also just retention, right? Yeah, because we're all humans having a human experience. And yeah. I think that is what we all, in every aspect of an organization have to remember that our companies are made up of human beings with lives and with problems and with issues and with baggage and you know I often use the analogy that we're all carrying baggage through life it's a matter of how you manage it some people can pack that so neatly with tissue paper and it's perfect and you close the suitcase and zip it and others throw it in try to get it zipped up and head on in and Sometimes it pops out, and you gotta manage that baggage. But we've all got it, so right. we no no sense pretending we don't. Just how can we help people yeah. um, navigate it in the workplace? So how does a team? Right, you have a twenty or twenty person team, HR team. How do twenty people keep a pulse on, you know, a fifteen hundred life company? Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing to say, you know, reaching out? How do we know that? John Doe is struggling and we need to have a conversation to see how we you can help him. You always have to reach out and say, hey, let us know. I mean, always let us know. Always let yeah. us know. Well, keeping communications, we do organizational-wide communications and keeping in, keep in, in contact with our managers and our leaders, getting a pulse of what they're experiencing and then giving them the tools that they need to navigate some of the things. And and I think we're they're, they're pretty comfortable reaching out to us for help. And so, you know, whatever level, whatever issue, they have the means to get a hold of us via email, Slack, whatever, so that we can help address um, whatever they might be dealing with. Um, but really making sure those leaders, you're in connect, connected with those leaders yeah. who have the interactions with folks and can, can enlighten us on what might be happening. Would you like to take another bite of pizza? No, I'm good. <laughs> But okay. thank you. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yes, that's very Make sure you're not, you. not hungry sure over there. I'm, I'm not going to wither away. I'm, I'm done that. eating, and yeah. you've taken like one are you, bite. So. Um, are you pretty active on LinkedIn? Um, I haven't been before about six weeks ago um, when uh, the situation with Floyd um, happened. Yes. Yes. That. So since then on LinkedIn, you've been much more... Yeah. Uh, just at least engaged or online, like yeah. looking at certain things. But yeah. before that, LinkedIn wasn't necessarily something. No, I would pop in now and then, and you know, oh, no. see what was going on, get some requests every now and then. So but this leads two questions. Mm -hmm. First question is, with your position, your title, and LinkedIn, have you, you know, what? I mean, how often are you uh, solicited, or, you know, I mean. Uh, 
you, know, you get emails and you know just people trying to connect. That's kind of the first yeah. question. Just kind of curious what you feel, how you feel as an HR director. Yeah. LinkedIn is to you. Yeah. You know, I know you weren't on it very much. And yeah. then the second one is based off of what you said is, give us some perspective and insight of what your experience was. Yeah. Since you've now yeah. been on for the last six weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you know, once a week or so, I would get an invite to connect with someone. No, no real patterns. Just different people, some HR, some people that, uh, you know, I, I got a couple of master's degrees at Western Governors a few years ago, so a lot of people there will reach out, so yeah. just some a, random things. A couple? Things. I, well, yeah, I did. A I couple? Got, I got, <laughs> I, in 2016, I got my master's in management and leadership, and then 2018, the MBA, so... Um, that was so casual. Like, well, I got a couple of masters. Couple MBAs, like, uh, yeah. Well, geez, I mean, I needed, awesome. to, needed to challenge you're myself. You're 37 <laughs> years old and with <laughs> yeah, two there MBAs. You go. Okay, there you great. go. I yeah. like that. 37. Holy smokes. Um, so, yeah, I'd get, I'd get some connections now and then. I'd read articles, you know, pop in. But um, but not like bombarded from no. insurance or, no, not you really. know, I mean, like HR softwares and no. stuff like that. So that's not some that you weren't really a target no. of a lot no, of that. not a lot of it. Um, and then um, when all of the things happened about six weeks ago and um, that kind of triggered something in my brain yeah. and my heart and I didn't really I didn't I, I didn't really have an outlet and I don't know that I really needed one but for some reason I thought I'm gonna put this out there because I think people need to understand and um, if they're if they're bothered I'm sorry about that but I, I think people need to understand our experience at this time so I'm gonna say it and and it kind of gave me an outlet and gave me an yeah. opportunity to hopefully enlighten some people and, and enlighten them with your insight your um, insight and my your what it meant to me yeah, you know as, you? as a mother of a of four uh, or three uh, black men and a black daughter and with uh, a black husband and mm -hmm. um, watching that happen to him you know that br that brutal situation happen to him i knew that it could be somebody in my family that that could happen to and i couldn't I couldn't be quiet about that, and so I felt like I needed to kind of say, give a little bit of insight into what we're yeah. experiencing and what that meant. And did you me. just kind of do some videos, or you just type no, up? No, just, just of typed just, up some things. Some, some write-ups? Yep, just in, you know. And what then kind of response did you More, more so than I anticipated. I didn't, oh, wow. you know, it was yeah. just kind of a way for me to vent a little bit about what's happening, and um, got some, some good feedback, and some, I think it was enlightening for folks. I think that was really the, the responses were I didn't realize you know thanks for sharing your experience because it is it is vulnerable to to do that but I felt like I people just need to understand and and you know that I think it's a uh, Franklin Covey that seek first to understand I think we've not done that the way that we could with people and their experiences in their lives and um, you know, I don't know what you've been through in your life until you tell me if we're from a different, you know, you, you played basketball, so, you know, that you've got an experience with that. And, and I talk to you and you tell me about that. Oh, I didn't realize you were that position. Oh, well, I share a little bit of the experiences, good and bad, that I've had. Yeah. And that, ex that will hopefully enlighten people and help them see where they may need to do a shift in their thinking about, about Absolutely. people. Absolutely. So. Well, I mean, on top of that, I mean, geez, you... I mean, yeah, you grew up here, but you've spent, mm -hmm. you, your kids didn't necessarily right. all grew up here, right? right? And you were in different areas that not aren't Utah. Yeah. That aren't, I mean, because Utah is a completely different yeah. 
you know, demographic and, and really situation. But I wonder too if, if I can only imagine you by you doing that, people that knew you and close to you, those are the people that were, were affected probably by you more than just maybe people you didn't know. Because the thing, when they know you, yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Or I didn't know that this, you know, maybe you went into detail. Yeah. Um, but that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, it was, I had a lot of people reach out to, to talk about some of the things and to say, I don't, I know what, what can I do? What can I do? I need to do something. And I, and I don't have all the answers. I mean, that's a lot of, I, I realized going through that, that there's a lot of pressure because I can't speak for the entire black community. Yeah. I can speak to my experience. So I think people have to determine in their hearts what they're willing to do and then do the research to see. There's lots of avenues, you know, I'm sure yeah. more things are available now than were six, eight, eight weeks ago. Absolutely. So I think people can do things if they want Absolutely. to. Um, because, you know, on LinkedIn now, there's, there's lots of information and lots of, um, you know, guidance on, on what you can do if you want to, to help and to shift your thinking and to change the landscape of our, our country. So how, how, do, how do you approach that? Like, how do you have a conversation about race mm -hmm. um, like it, what are what are your tips and pointer like if we want to get into this right now which I would love to mm -hmm. how do we have that conversation I think you ask the you, you ask the questions I mean I I think you have to know that you're in a safe environment and know your audience because everybody is not open to sharing no. their experience everybody's not going to be okay having a dialogue comfortable about it and angry yeah. and other things. So yeah. I think you have to know who you're talking to and what they're willing to share and understand the um, delicacy of the situation that this is people's lives and, they're, and they've had pain around this. So understanding that the information you hear and you're privy to is a privilege because you know if I were to ask you about difficult things you've been through in your life, difficult you know, situations that have left, that caused you pain, you know, how do you, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes you're like, yeah. yeah, I'm not willing to talk about that. So I think you have to understand where people are coming from. And some may be open and, and say, yeah, let's talk. And others may be like, yeah, you don't get a right to know that. So sorry. And you have to be okay with that because it's everybody's exactly. experience is, is different and where they're coming from on this, it's different. Um, so I think just respecting the fact that this is very personal and um, honoring the, the opportunity that you have to talk to somebody about something yeah. like yeah. this. Yeah. Has there been any changes or anything that you have implemented as far as diversity and um, I mean, within the culture at Progressive? Yeah, we're definitely um, doing some things. We were our, we already had some things in the workings. This just kind of expedited things. But yeah, we definitely have um, made some commitments to do uh, some, you know, uh, uh, quite a few things. We're building, and that's the challenge right now. Is there's a sense of urgency, so people are a little bit panicked. Like, oh, but you have to be thoughtful and you know, take the time to do it right because it can either go well or it cannot go well based on how you approach it. So as organizations are beefing up their diversity or starting diversity and inclusion and belonging or whatever they call it, they have to be, you know, mindful that 
this affects people in multiple ways. There are people that are super excited this is happening, and there are people that are not excited this is happening. So you've got, you're navigating a lot of different emotions and situations. You know, everybody's not okay with the diversity and inclusion and belonging efforts in organizations, and there's people yeah. that are threatened. And I don't, you know, I don't know where everybody's coming from, but, it, but it's a shift. So you've got to, you know, anticipate people that are think you know why does it why do you get a special group you know why do you you know with those kind of comments as well as the people that have been underrepresented and just kind of waiting to see if this is going to be a, a sustained or is this just a response to a, yes. a situation so yeah and let's all hope that it's a not a quick response that that's a fad it's a change yeah, that it's, it's a, a change, change. it, it yeah. needs to be a change yeah. and I'm curious you know you with growing up here and now here what what is your opinion of, you know in general of the state of utah i mean and, and not even the whole state more maybe this valley salt lake valley utah county these type of counties is this just do you feel that we're, we're behind i mean in terms of open-mindedness i mean in, in in the general population right i mean i know there's always outliers and but it just you know i felt that way personally that I mean, yeah, there's some amazing people here, but it does, you know, just because of the culture, it, it just seems a little, uh, I don't know the right word I'm looking for. Not not difficult or behind. Maybe that's not the right word. It just seems just maybe not a willingness. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if there's a word you can think of, yeah. of, of with Utah, how we, how you've seen it handled yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, Utah is extremely, you know, homogenized, so it, you don't see a lot of diversity. I don't know that there's been a lot of intention around increasing it. I mean, there's more than, when I was growing up, there, there were a lot less, you yes. know, people of color than there are now. So we've, we're making strides. They're pretty, they're still pretty small, but we're, we're, we're still moving. Um, you know, we have the Utah Black Chamber right now that uh, James Jackson has, he started that a few years back, maybe five years, I'm not positive, but he's doing a lot of things to kind of develop partnerships and, and, and wake people up to the experience, to what we're experiencing. And, and, you know, we've got a lot to offer here. We've got, you know, we've got the Silicon Slopes. It's pretty, and our growth and the beauty. Yes. But how do you appeal to, you know, a 25-year-old guy in Washington, D.C. Yeah. to get how him to come we, to Utah? Yes, exactly. And you might get him to come, but then how's, is he going to stay once he starts to experience the day-to-day -day and he goes to the He's grocery like, yeah, store I and sees see nobody that... I can relate to for yeah. the most part, you know. Yep. That's, that's, that's tough. I noticed yeah. that when I moved back from Pennsylvania because there was, in the area we lived, we lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and there was just multiple, not even just black people, and there was Jewish, there was just so much diversity. And when we came, I remember going to the grocery store, and I walked in, and then I walked around, and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm the only one. And that, I hadn't had that experience yeah. for the last eight years, so it brought me back to the fact that I don't see myself very often, I mean, around here. I mean, compared to... A, per, a white person who you know you're you don't even think about it because it's just yes. your experience like yeah we see ourselves everywhere we go but for a black person you don't see that so you know you're thinking about that and, and in jobs you know I used to apply for jobs and worry about my last name I'm like is that going to get me screened out you know maybe <laughs> yeah. I can go by my maiden name because my maiden name was Kelly pretty generic so I'm like that might get me the interview because I'm concerned you know but those are things you you think about because we, there are biases out there and you know, whether we like it or not, they exist. So we have to figure out, and that's where, you know, 
people need to ask themselves about those biases. Like we, you know, we did an unconscious bias training, and the first question was, you know, do you think you're you're biased? And everybody's like, absolutely not. I'm not biased about anything. And by the end of the training, they're like, eh, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, we all we so. all have our bias. The first answer is like, yeah, you are. Yeah. We all yeah. have our biases, and. We have to write, and we have to know that we have them. So when we're making critical dis decisions, they aren't a part of the mix. That we recognize the bias and say, "Oh wait, let me no, no that's not an issue. Let me look at it for for this." So that's what people are. I think people need to do because we all have them. So yes. don't pretend you don't. Just figure out how to navigate those and recognize them, and make sure that when you're making meaningful decisions, they aren't at the forefront of those decisions, and that you're giving people an open and equitable opportunity regardless of how you think about their skin color or their hair or their gender or mm -hmm. their you know whatever differences there may be that that doesn't enter so that they get the same experience that anybody else would get in whatever it is they're looking to do in their life um can i ask another question danny <laughs> ask yes brent you may i see who's the talkative one of the group <laughs> Well, I just, I was curious, I had this conversation with a friend of mine, um, you know, we, you know we, we went down a lot of different avenues, but I was just, from your perspective, right, the two words that are so difficult to try to define in an individual is racism and then being, having prejudice, prejudice. right? And, you know, curious of your perspective, you know, if, if someone like maybe me or somebody came to you and said, I really, you know, from your point of view, and then they tell you, this is how I truly do feel and believe. You know, I always, uh, you know, anyway, this, I don't even know how to necessarily answer it. It's just more, obviously we know that racism exists and there are racist people, but I think that, I think that there's, maybe around here and people that I know, it's more of a prejudice than, than racism. But then how do you recognize that in yourself? Like how do I recognize that in myself in order to self-correct, yeah. because pe people want to do that. I know that at least, at least I'm surrounded with a lot of people that want to make sure that mm -hmm. they don't, they don't do that, right? Or they don't think certain ways, and you know, deep down they don't, they don't, they don't believe that they're racist, but there's definitely some prejudice. And anyway, I don't know. I don't know where that question was going, and maybe pick a thing or two that. Stand out, but it's just—it was so interesting. How do how do you self-correct? How do you yeah. self-recognize? Yeah, I think you. I mean, you've got to be self-aware and yes. understand. Like, I'll give you an example. I got my hair braided uh, a few a few weeks ago. I went to the dentist the following Monday. I go into the dentist. The hygienist is like, "Oh my God, I love your hair. Can I touch it?" And it went in for the kill. Not okay. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't say I love your hair and touch it. Yeah. So thinking about, she didn't, I know her intention in her heart sure. was not to be offensive, but you shouldn't, that's not okay. That's, you don't violate somebody's space. Ask yourself, would I do that to my neighbor? Would I, who is white? Like, so I think people just recognizing those behaviors, you know, often I've heard, you know, oh, you know, your son is so articulate and well-spoken. Well, yeah, he's a smart kid. He's got two college degrees. Like, 
Would you say that to you, that you're articulate and well-spoken? Probably not because there's an expectation, no. but there because, wasn't an expectation Because for they know be, that he's black and they would imagine that he wouldn't speak that way. He's not going That's to be. That's what they, yeah. yes. So those are things, they're subtle, but those are the things that we experience. And most, many times, I, I think the younger generations are a little bit more apt to say, yeah, what do you mean by that? To call people on it. My, myself, and I think perhaps my generation, we didn't really feel comfortable doing that because it could threaten opportunity, it could threaten things. So you kind of just went along to get along and you just kind of would eat it, but yes. think, oh, here we go. Um, but I, I think those days are over and I think people are saying, um, yeah, don't, don't go in and touch somebody's hair, that's not appropriate, would you want your hair touched? Or because he, he's black, <laughs> He yes. can speak, you know, you, you, all black people don't, you know, have issues with that. But I think that's the generalization, mm -hmm. that they're surprised for whatever reason, maybe because they haven't experienced a lot of black people. And so what they've seen on TV, what they've seen wherever, that's the and conclusion this, they've drawn. It's just, un, you know, and I imagine a lot of these people, maybe are neighbors or friends, you know, they, they don't have the intention of, no. of saying in, in any malice, right? Yeah. But. Um, but it's just that, it's, yeah, it's the self-awareness. It's yeah. like oblivious. That, that's tough, because how do you yeah. teach that? Yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of people, as our world gets more diverse, like my grandchildren are, have a white mother, and so their family, they didn't, weren't exposed to a lot of black people till they had black grandchildren. Now there's a whole different perspective, I think, when it is your grandchild, your flesh and blood, that now is experiencing that. It's one thing when you're in your family, you're doing your thing, you've got your friends, whatever. Now this is my, this child that I love dearly that may have to deal with that. You know, holy cow, what do I need to do to make sure he never experiences racism in his family? Because it happens, Yes. Yeah. you know, because they don't know. So ask the question and educate yourself, read, do what you need to do to understand your biases so that you can eliminate them and not have that in the, background of your thinking and yes. behavior and decisions are you the are you personality too that would like to take a leadership role in certain you know i don't know certain things within this you know your company or your city or the county i don't know i mean I, you've been outspoken you know and at least you've got your thoughts out the last six weeks more involved but I was just kind of curious, do you see yourself being, thinking like, I, I, this is the time for me to actually maybe be, I mean, geez, you, yeah. you have a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, what, you know, I'm not intentionally looking for anything in particular. I just want to help enlighten people. That's my, that's my goal. And, and, you know, without, you know, again, recognizing the importance of what I'm because I'm not I can't speak for everybody so that's something I have to be mindful of that I'm one person with one experience um, and I can't speak for my 30 year old daughter who has another experience and my neighbor or my you know so being mindful that I don't represent I don't speak for everyone I speak for myself and I don't want people to think that oh because Connie said it that's the way it is because other people have different perspectives I just want people to wake up to what we're dealing with and you know understand that it's not a you know we want we do want equity and we do want better jobs if we're qualified but we don't want people to die because their skin is browner than somebody else's and they're viewed a threat and because of that 
they lose their life. That's just not okay. And so that's, that's what, I think that's why this hit so hard. We've seen it. I mean, it's not like that was the first situation no. there's been. But people being at home, sitting in, in front of their TV, watching it, and hearing him, him, hearing him cry for his mother, not okay. Not okay for any human being. I don't care who you are, what you did. Yeah. It's not okay. People, people shouldn't have to watch. His family shouldn't know people had to watch that. It's just no. not, not okay. Not okay at all. Not okay. So, you know, we're our, we are where we are, and, and I think it's a, it's a day of reckoning, and people are waking up. And, and I mean, I, white people, brown people, yellow people, I think everybody is kind of like, you know what, we got to do better. We've got to do better as a human race. Um, and, and for that, I'm thankful. I'm sorry that it took what it took for that to happen. But I think if we can all just remember, we are all... You're, some of the problems you're experiencing, I'm probably experiencing, and you're probably, we, you know, we're not that unalike. I think there's a, it's a Maya Angelou um, quote, we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. And I think that really is true. We are, we have more things in common, I'm sure, than we, than we don't, mm -hmm. but we highlight the differences, and then we just yeah, do wrong by that, and, yeah. and that's what we've got to get better at, so. We could end on those words right there. Got it. But we're not going to. Okay. <laughs> no, I just thank you for all that because that was, I mean, everything that's going on sucks. Yeah. And your point of view is awesome and amazing. And thank you. we respect it. We respect you. Thank you for your insights. Um, we, are, we are getting on time here. All right. So we are going to move to our next, unless you have any other questions. No. Okay. No. So Sorry, too many. I just. No, I, take, I think this is great. I, I wanted okay. to, I want to keep going. <clears throat> um, but so every every podcast we end with some lighter questions. All right. Let some her, that her. you may not like. Okay. <laughs> but the rules of the game are simple. You have to answer. Okay. Let me take a swig of my diet. <laughs> so I don't okay. need a bite of pizza. Here's I just the need first. A swig of diet here's coke. the first question. Would you rather take a home run swing from Barry Bonds? to the middle of your back, or Tiger Woods driver, so he's teeing off he, and to the shin. So you gotta stand. The back, I'll take the back. The back, it's a, yeah, no, not my bone, not my not, shin. Not the you, shin, not going the shin. No, we're talking. Take the back, you, I'm going back. You've been hey, the first person to I'm say back. I'm the back, back too. Yeah, I'm, I'm the back. back. We're back. Hit back. me in the back, don't, not my bone, not you, my shin. You can't see it coming. Maybe no, you, yeah. yeah, you turn and you, yeah. I oh, got dude, hit in the You're going to watch Tiger got, Woods take a full swing yeah, right at your shin. Nah. Oh, no way. I got hit in the, with a softball once in my thigh and had a bruise the size of Texas for I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. and okay. It would it hurt, but not horrible. I mean, this is like number that seven. Quick, that was a quick, that was a little yeah. quick response. This is like number yeah. seven. You're the first person to say back. One. Total back. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're the same. If you could start a rumor about yourself, what would it be? A rumor? Yeah. So a rumor's not true? Just something that started that maybe it gets back like to the CEO of the company and they're like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Connie was a professional bowler. You know, I don't know. Like what, what's something that you would want to start to see if it could make the rounds and get back to you? God, that's weird. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I ran against Flojo once in a track meet. You guys probably don't. Ooh, you know, you, maybe I know Flojo. Like Olympic? Like, the Oli I yeah. Would, she, Hell yeah. So okay. I I, that's a Dude, real that's rumor. And so it can go around. But well... I, I, should I tell you the rest of the story? So maybe the, relay, maybe the rumor is you beat Flojo. Well, yeah. okay, beat her to her car or something. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so we were a relay. I was the last leg. She was the last leg. They were 
training for, you know, they were just doing warm-up things. It's Weber State. We're in California. We're all excited. Oh, my God, there's Flojo. She was probably passing the finish line when I got the baton. We were the same <laughs> leg, but we got second. So, oh, yeah. Um, well, that's okay. good. You don't have to say how by, by how far. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I finished right I need to behind the I finished right behind. I need behind. to learn how right to behind. change yeah. that that's narrative. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. Uh, would you rather go a month without internet or go a month without bathing? Internet. Internet. Yeah. Quick. You would it. rather go what? I don't. Uh, internet uh, without bathing. Okay. Yeah, a month without internet or, or a month without bathing, showering. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd, I'd live. I can. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, would you rather only have two long front teeth like a beaver or no teeth at all? Two teeth. Two teeth. Yeah. She's quick, man. You're those quick. Are, you're talking these are Not huge. Not toothless. Yeah, yeah these are like okay. big, like, mm, yeah. But Fine. no Fine and dandy. Okay. okay. <laughs> no Leon Spinks here. All right. Would you rather have a tongue for one of your arms or all of your fingers be tongues? Oh, what? that's so creepy. But I guess an arm, because I could just hang it there and leave it, because all the just fingers, one. you got to have them. you got at least one hand. That's you got just one. weird. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Where do they come up with that? Um, What's a restaurant that like you just don't like? I don't like Burger King. I've had a bad experience Burger the last King. couple of times, and okay. they blew it. And every time I drive by one, I'm like, can't do it. Okay. Uh, would you rather be blind or live the rest of your life in a Burger King? Oh. <laughs> you have to live there? Well, the Burger yeah. King's fries are okay, and maybe I could get a franchise <laughs> that's good, so I'll go with the Burger King. Okay. Okay. Um, would you rather there be a ding Every time you wink, like ding, or have a cartoonish gun sound go off every time you make a finger gun. The bing. Every oh. time I blink or yeah. wink? Yeah, wink. wink. Oh, give like, me the blink because I don't wink that much. So, okay. yeah. You might be kind of cool, though. Like, I know. You might start doing it more. Ding. That, that That's kind of cool. cool. Like little finger thing. guns. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not saying that you, this is just a would you rather, so mm -hmm. don't, I'm not saying you're not smart because it's okay. obviously you're very okay. smart. Would you rather be exceptionally smart but only be able to communicate with people under the age of 13 or be very dumb and be able to communicate with everybody? You can't like even talk to people above 13? Only communicate with people so under 13. So someone like 30, you can't even talk to them? No. You can or, only talk to or I'd rather be smart and talk to those 13-year-olds. They're pretty, those, uh, yeah, they're, I'll help them get smart. You can do a lot of good. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> That's you could. good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather always have to sing instead of speaking or dance everywhere you went? Sing. 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 Yeah. Sing. Okay. Uh, would you rather have to jello wrestle almost nude in front of your whole family or wear a diaper and act like a baby in front of your whole company? Diaper. In front of the whole company? Yeah. All 1,500 employees. And a onesie or something? Like a yeah. diaper? Yeah. You're in a diaper. I don't know. Yeah. Or wrestle nude in front of your family? Yeah. No, I'm going for the... I got to have some coverage. <laughs> Diaper. Got to have some coverage. Okay. Uh, would you rather everything you eat taste like boogers or only have one eye? Oh, God, that's... Cool. <laughs> I think I might have to do the eye thing. You Just one match. eye. Yeah. Okay. Who comes up with these? <laughs> this is from his brain. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. The All deep, right. dark... The yeah. deep, deep, dark corners of, of Danny Reader's brain. All right, last one. Would you rather eat a bowl of nail clippings or a bowl of hair? Nail clippings. Nail clippings. Nobody the has hair ever... Would get stuck in oh, your yeah. Toe. That's disgusting. The hair? My scratch on the way down, though. Like, 
I don't know. She's gagging. That's gross. Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. Can I ask I'm sorry, her one we, last one? We try to push the, the boundaries did, just a little bit. Good job. This but one, nobody has ever answered as quickly as you. Everybody's like, Dude, you are. This, this is rapid know. fire. I love this it. This is good. Yeah. You, just, you got it. Let's see if this is quick. Would you rather, I, I love this one. We've asked this a couple times. Would you rather have a neck like a giraffe <laughs> or baby, six month old baby hands? The neck. I've already got a long neck. So I, I deal with so it. So you're good. Yeah, yeah. But we're, yeah, talk, we're talking like five feet. Giraffe. Five happening. feet in the air. Giraffe. But does everybody else have it? There's no, no. You have just a long just giraffe, ne- giraffe neck. Yeah. Or you, can, you have tiny. You get in your yeah, Diet Coke. So or weird. you're no, just. Give me the, I want to see everything that's happening. I'm good. I like it. Dude, <laughs> yeah, this is quick. Yeah. Good, I love it. I love good it. Okay. Connie Washington, thank you. This has been awesome. You've been amazing. We appreciate your time. Your insight. And that's it. Thank awesome. you. You're Usually welcome. could have Thanks. been a two-hour discussion. Yeah. And cut. Oh, boy. Thanks. That, that, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, getting out of the house and mm-hmm. 